Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is The Ruck, the rugby podcast from The Times, and it's the second part of our Rugby World Cup preview. In just a few days' time, Japan kick off the first tournament to be played outside of the game's traditional powerhouses. Can the hosts make an impact in their own backyard? And despite the confident noises coming from England, Wales and Ireland, will the Webb Ellis Trophy be lifted yet again by one of South Africa, Australia or the All Blacks? I'm Rugby World Cup has-been Lawrence Delalio, an all-round good guy, and joining me... Easy. Well, You're still on probation, man. Joining me, the Times' chief rugby correspondent, Owen Slot, a man who's embraced Japanese culture so much he's wearing a kimono in the studio and has had sushi for breakfast, and, of course, the legendary Stuart Barnes and Stephen Jones. Gents, let's kick things off straight away. We're going to talk about the All Blacks who created history in 2015 by winning back-to-back World Cups. Can they make it a hat-trick? A lot of people seem to think their aura of invincibility or their cloak of invincibility or their cloak of offside close to the breakdown uh, is not quite as strong as it used to be. But surely, gentlemen, we have to build a case for New Zealand. They have four players who were in the last World Cup when they lifted the trophy. They have Steve Hansen, a World Cup winning coach, uh, and they still have a win ratio that's over 90%. Well, I'd like to say... Only a fool would categorically write off the All Blacks, but having done that two weeks ago in print puts me in a difficult position. You're stuck there, Barnsley. I'm stuck Honestly, there. Honestly, you've um, just gone. You I went wa- early. I watched them play Tonga. They were 92-7. No team in the world could have made it look as good as they did. Their support lines are sumptuous. They're a magnificent team. But then I think back to what happens when a team puts them under pressure. England did it for half an hour, weren't good enough to apply it for 80 uh, Australia did it in Perth on decent conditions. South Africa have done it the last three t- times. They creak. Their, their, their midfield has struggled against South Africa time and time again. They're not certain if Barrett's 15. Is this other guy, Richie Manga, good enough goal kicking? If Barrett's 10, Barrett's definitely not a good enough goal kicker. They've got two sevens instead of a balanced back row. Question marks about New Zealand and and... I think all of us would agree, last two World Cups, what New Zealand haven't had are question marks. They've had a solid, experienced team built around McCaw and Carter, and they knew what they were doing. This time, there are differences. And I think South Africa, with their power game, can turn them over. Jonesy, do you think that Steve Hansen has 
become the sort of tinker man of world rugby, do you think, because of their success in the last two previous World Cups like and that. wanting to keep their, their squad fresh? He's, he's been making changes. Hanson the tinker man. Yes, well, yeah. well, yes I, mean, I do. I, I think he has. I think he's been making changes for the right reasons to try and keep the players on their toes and keep them guessing. But has it actually taken them away from you know, what is their, their best starting 15? Def, definitely. And Tinker Man is, is exactly the right word, Lawrence. And the problem is down there, he's not under any pressure because the mass gangs of media fauners <laughs> who, who they're slobbering all over him and, and telling him telling us that everything he ever does is, is brilliant. For instance... Well, well, they have won a couple Barrett, of World Cups. But Barrett, Barrett and Moanga, everyone's thinking, oh, yeah, it's brilliant, he's really sort of this. He's not. He doesn't know who the hell to pick. No, it's the, ma- it's the master. He doesn't know who the hell to pick. It's the master plan and of People mayhem, keep, keep on rambling on about Retallick, who's a show pony, instead of Sam, <laughs> instead of Sa- <laughs> Sam Whitelock, who does all of Retallick's work. And the, the, the great problem we have is not with New Zealand, it's with all the other teams and every fauna around the world. That is the problem. It's the people who don't think they can be beaten when they can. Well, just Jonesy, just tell us how you feel about them. You, Sorry? You're holding back. I'm not holding back. I'm just telling you. What, I'm just telling you. I mean, well, Jonesy, we've always known you, you're, you have a disdain of New Zealand. Stuart's chosen Australia for his pre-World Cup training camp rather than New Zealand, so he mm. can say whatever he wants about the All Blacks. Owen, over to you. I'd just like to say it's great to see you back here a week later, Lawrence. Still, still in the hot seat. <laughs> Jonesy, how do you think he went? As well? we, 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 I mean, uh, you know, in terms of preview and review, how do you think he did first week? Well, good. And the fact that yeah, Lawrence Lowell, came out do? as He's a come back. Offer, Steve, I thought was magnificent. Yeah, yeah, yeah the others... We couldn't get anyone else. Well, I thought I'd, I'd try and weave something in that might sort of warm a few of you, you know. So, uh, yeah, the fact that I've, I've turned to the backs is, uh, is yeah, one Barnsley over, clearly. The light side. Was good. Yeah, God, was playing good. to Barnsley's hand. Yeah. Okay, Owen, if I, I ask you this then. New Zealand, South Africa, massive game in that Rugby World Cup. If New Zealand win that, do we then put them as firm favourites to win the Rugby World Cup again? OK, that is, that's a logical thing to do. But if, if they lose... So, if they beat uh, South Africa marginally, then then the Springboks will know how they have to play better. And if they beat South Africa, then they'll, then they'll be probably in a semi-final against England, and then they'll go into a final after a, a after the harder of the semi-finals, but more beaten up than South Africa when they get to the final. So I don't think winning the first games means you're going to win, win the final, if that's what it is. Do you honestly think it's going to work like that, Slotty? They'll probably play England in a semi, but... Australia or Wales could beat England. They fancy them. I... Yeah, but this is what you do in preview programmes, Barnes. You say what you think might happen. We're going to say what we think might happen based on the fact that every World Cup winning coach tells you that selection is the biggest criteria for winning a World Cup. Yeah. Does Steve Hansen go with Bowden Barrett as his starting 10 against South Africa? He has spent three years since the last World Cup trying to play a different form of rugby, a revolutionary rugby playing at a pace that would run people off their feet. The problem is... Barrett cannot kick under pressure and he never will. People were saying, I heard my old mate Justin Marshall saying he's proven his critics wrong when they beat Tonga by 92. <laughs> I could have come out of retirement, kicked backwards with my left foot and got some of those. There's no pressure on. That's when it matters. Nobody knows if he can do it under pressure, but he is a different class to Richie Moanga. And I tell you now, it's in Steve Hansen's head. What the hell do I do there? And it's causing a massive problem there. And Crotty's a good player at 12, but he can't fix the whole thing. He has to go back to Barrett and say, if we're going to win this World Cup, we're going to win it by blasting teams off their feet at pace, by playing New Zealand at their best way. At the moment, with Moanga, I think what they're doing is saying, they're coming back to the pack and saying, we'll play traditional rugby. And I think they're asking for an England or a South Africa team to beat them if they become traditional. 
Jonesy, they, they have similar problems to uh, to other sides in that they've got conundrum in their back row selection. They've got no Brody Ritalak till possibly the semi-final, I think. There's no doubt that whilst they are still the team to beat, there is that, that element of doubt and that element of invincibility that seems to have gone. Exactly. And But if, any, if anyone in the opposition launch, especially South Africa, England, Wales, Ireland, if anyone's really fearing that them... I mean, you, you didn't fear them. You should, you should get in amongst them and start putting all these people under pressure. And I think that they have definitely got weaknesses. I think someone could put them away in a big way. I think uh, someone could beat I, them by I know, a lot. I know you guys aren't, won't, won't hold, hold much to this, but the fact is that this All Blacks team have probably played more in Japan than any of the other leading nations that are contending this Rugby World Cup. And I, I still believe, you know, maybe it's the Clive Woodward uh, factor, but I still believe that is a, a consideration. You know, this yeah, is I agree. A, it, this is the first time the Rugby World Cup's in Japan. There's going to be a different uh, climate. There's going to be different conditions, a different atmosphere. And the All Blacks have played a number of tests there recently. So they have mm. done their homework. And I think a lot of their players play the off-season in Japan. And I think that will help them to settle much quicker than I mean, most other countries. It goes back to last week. It's why I, I, I thought Japan have a really good chance of beating either Ireland or Scotland because everyone's away trying to simulate conditions in Japan. Japanese players live, breathe, work it day after day. They've got a huge advantage. Who are the outstanding players in this all-black squad, this New Zealand squad? We know about Bowden Barrett, but who are the emerging players that Steve Hansen's picked? He's left Franks at home. They're going to light up this World Cup for the All Blacks. Ryan Crotty won't light up anything, but he's the most important player in their team. He's a 12 who communicates with his number 10. He can do the job that Nonu did for Carter in the last World Cup without quite having Nonu's magic. But he's not fast, he's not big, he doesn't slaughter you in the tackle, he does everything right and he's a brilliant, typical New Zealand midfield rugby footballer. Crotty is the key to New Zealand. Uh, I'd have Ardi Surveyor in any team. He's hit extraordinary form. He's phenomenally hard to stop. And he's a sort of player that when he drives the ball forward, he, he carries a team and he lifts a team. He's a team lifter. Jonesy, can I get you to say two, two nice things about New Zealand? Uh, or two players oh, at least? Don't. Departure don't. lounge. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. I'll leave it there. If there is one team that's most likely to stop New Zealand from winning that hat-trick of World Cup, uh, successes it's probably South Africa let's talk about South Africa they went through a turbulent time in their rugby history but it feels like Razzy Erasmus uh, has got them back on track in more ways than one their selection looks much more stable they've suddenly worked out a way of embracing the players that play in Europe and they brought out the best in those we all know that uh, South Africa are a very strong side, very fit side, but they, they just look well-organised, well-drilled, and to me, they look like a team who can really take on the world. They've got, I think, two packs that could compete at, any, at the highest level. Mm-hmm. The fact that they have a black captain unites them in a way that if you're a European and you haven't been to South Africa, you don't understand Springbok rugby, it, won't, it sounds trite, but it's not. It's of major importance. I think they've got the best halfback combination on form going into the World Cup in Faf de Klerk uh, and Andre Pollard. And they've got a defence whose speed of rush causes New Zealand all sorts of problems. And if you are going to beat the World Cup, you might not have to beat New Zealand, but it's the, you, know, you have to say, how do you judge a team they're good enough to beat New Zealand? And I think South Africa are the team who qualify on all those counts. So that's why I, I, I think they will win the World Cup. Jonesy, we've always known about the physical threat that South Africa bring, and I don't think that's changed. In fact, if I look at this vintage, I think they're probably as physical or as big as any South African side I've ever seen. But do they have the, the brains? Do they have the rugby intelligence 
in this squad that goes with that physical presence you need to win a World Cup? That's a very good question because I think that Handro Pollard can sometimes lose it, um, it and they sometimes do do um, lose what they're trying to do. But I think what's happened, Ron, two things have happened. First of all, they've now stopped trying to be sort of new age Springboks mm-hmm. and they've gone back and said, we're, good, we're the Springboks. In the last World Cup, they were trying to say, oh, we're going to expand it. We're back going to, to basics, this, if you Back like. to basics, which is what Argentina should do. And I think they, they're back to basics and that is brilliant for them. But the other thing is, just quietly, they still do have a quota system there, which has got to be fulfilled under government orders from... Uh, for players of colour. And for the first time ever in this World Cup, they will have genuinely enough people who are there on merit to fulfil the quota. Mm. And that is a massive step forward. Owen, does it come down to that opening weekend? Does it come down to South Africa v New Zealand? Can you, do you think a side can lose a game or and go on and win the World Cup? Or do you think South Africa have to win that game against the All Blacks to, uh, to make their way to the final? Has any team ever won the World Cup no. having lost a game in the... No, they've no, 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 England came very close. 30, um, England lost 36-0 and nearly won. Mm. And France got slaughtered, I can't remember the score, by New Zealand in 2011 and came desperately close. So no. it hasn't happened. Well, France were desperate in 99 as well and, yeah. and got to a final. Uh, I, no, I, th- I think out of those two, I don't think you need to win the first game to win the oh. final. I think that's a, that's a preliminary round. It's, uh, Both of them can bounce back from, from a yeah, defeat. Yeah. As they've shown when they played each other in the rugby championship, actually. They, they've lost one week and they've gone back and reversed it. The, you know, well, the what's the week. stat over their rugby championship games? They've they played each other over the last two years. They the, played... the last three games, they've drawn one. And they've each won one, and the margin of difference has been... It's been 34, 36, and 32, 34. Going back to your point, Jonesy, the only way you beat New Zealand is by believing that you can beat them. And if there's one team in world rugby, particularly now, that believe that they are better and believe that they can beat the All Blacks because they've done it recently, is South Africa. And, you know, I've always said this, you can win a game of rugby before a ball's even been kicked. And I believe with South Africa... You know, there's. I believe they believe. That's the important thing. If you could go for national psyche, who's got the hardest psychology when in the when the pressure's on, when you're in a final? Do you think that the South Africans are more likely to break or the current All Blacks? Because I would say that the the, the current All Blacks, because they they've been used to winning for so long, when it goes against them, mm. I don't think they know that well how to turn it around. Whereas I think that I think these these box, I think they just think we can win whatever. Yeah, yeah I agree. Really? Collectively, I. Think I think the South Africans have more belief, but I think individually, let's not forget that the All Blacks have got four players who have won a Rugby World Cup and they've got a coach who's won a couple as well. And uh, experience counts for an awful lot, as we all know. And therefore, can individuals' belief beat the collective of South Africa? Uh, Also, Bench, what New Zealand have been in the last 10 years, different class to any team in the world, Mm. is that last 20 minutes. I was in Pretoria when South Africa were about 15 points up. There was no way New Zealand could win. They brought their bench on, changed the pace of the game dramatically, and they did win it. And you, you've heard Eddie Jones say he thinks most world, m- most big matches are won in the final 20 minutes. If that's the case, that does play into New Zealand hands. So they're not going to be easy to beat, but they are definitely beatable. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Stuart Barnes has left the building, but do not worry. We've uh, had somewhat of an upgrade. In fact, a promotion, <laughs> thankfully, because we've been joined by Ben Ryan and Michael Liner. Gentlemen, you're very, very welcome. Uh, ben, if I could start with you, before we talk about the Pacific Islands and Fiji's chances in this yep. Rugby World Cup, uh, just talk us through Rugby X because I know you're involved in that project uh, and it's happening in the next few weeks. It is between the semi-finals and the final on October the 29th in the O2. Looking forward to it. International indoor five-a-side rugby with the barbarians thrown into the mix as well, men, men's and women's. Um, and yeah, it's gone from what was a nice idea a year ago to actually reality really looking forward to it. so it's rock and roll rugby played by elite men and women uh and how can we all get tickets how can we go yeah that's it um so you can get you can get tickets through if you go to go to rugbyx.com uh, and uh we go to the o2 as well you can get tickets through them both sessions available afternoon and evening and yes yeah, international sevens players with a sprinkling of a few other names probably because the barbarians are in there as well mm-hmm. um and the trial games and and what we've done so far I'm really excited by it, and at the start, I, I was, I was, I wasn't sure, and now I'm looking at it and going, "This is, this is really." So, good are we sport. are we saying that this is kind of 2020 for rugby? It's a new format, new kind of way of of us watching rugby. It's, you know, only five a side, but maybe half the size of the pitch. Yeah, it's like stripped down version of the game, and we haven't really got an entry level version of rugby that's contact. Really, the closest rules that we could have is kind of under 11s, and it's almost like that, really. Strip away kickoffs, um, uncontested scrums, no line outs, continuous play, rolling subs, different ways to finish the game. If we get no extra times, it's one on one skill based competitions. Um, and all of that makes it a really easy game for people that are new coming in and also to play. Um, so, you know, I'm seeing it at grassroots as a really good tool and also then at the top end. If we just switch over to the Rugby World Cup, we were chatting earlier on about the chances of the Tier 1 nations. We're going to switch now to the Pacific Islands. Obviously, a subject matter you know a huge amount about, certainly more more than anyone else in the room, that's for sure. (laughs) But uh, can Fiji, Samoa or Tonga realistically challenge for a place in the quarterfinals? So if I'm honest, I think all the Pacific Island hopes will hinge on Fiji. 
know, last last four years, four years ago, the World Rugby put the majority of their funding on Samoa. This time around, it's been on Fiji, and they moved to ninth in the rankings. John McKee, I think it's his third World Cup. Mm-hmm. Second with Fiji was with Tonga before that in, the, in that group that beat France. Um, and they have got world-class players, and they are targeting that first game against Australia. And if Australia... Terrific. Continued, yeah. I mean, Michael's not looking overly concerned. <laughs> I am actually. It's going to it's going to be really interesting to see how Australia play that because they've gone from being perhaps a bit too structured to kind of almost looks like from an outsider that that their policy is that they don't know what they're doing, so nobody else yeah. will know what they're doing, and, and play a bit more unstructured. Now, when it works, it's great. But if they play like that against Fiji, that, that's brilliant for Fiji. Just just to remind everyone, it's Australia, Wales, Georgia, Fiji and Uruguay. Michael, I saw the Wallabies playing against Samoa just recently. Um, was there enough there to, to concern you a little bit in terms of the way that Samoa came back into the game for, for yeah, 20, 30 bit. minutes? Um, it, was a, it was a team that had been put together. What, what I was pleased with was that David. it was great to see David Pocock back yeah. out, out in the field. And actually that... Um, most of the players seem to get through that game um, playing Tonga out at Parramatta on a Saturday night. It's not uh, the easiest of assignments in terms of physicality, but they got through it and now they're on the plane up to uh, up to Japan. So that's that's a good thing. And you know, having most of the squad available and injury-free and all that sort of thing going into the World Cup is, is a big thing because Australia, um, unlike a few other larger countries mm. um, in terms of player depth, we're not huge on that basis and if we get our sort of top sort of 22 23 players that can stay injury throughout the tournament injury free throughout the tournament we're 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 competitive i think but as ben has alluded to you know that first opening game against fiji we Mm. need to hit the ground running there and have the right game plan um because fiji are targeting that game as a potential opportunity for a big upset and the game plan, as Ben said, is very important because Cech has actually come out and said exactly what you said. He said, right. well, if we don't know what we're going to do, how's the opposition going to know? And yeah. that, for an international coach, um, is a little bit worrying for yeah. me. Um, he's got some players that are pretty good in that regard, but so are Fiji. Josie, just going back to the Pacific Islands, I don't, I don't want this to become a, a world rugby bashing, but mm. what do world rugby need to do um, that they've done differently to get these tier two nations up to the to well up up to the level or up a level so that they can so that you know as what Ben's saying we can see more potential upsets. First of all, I just slightly incredulous, even though I knew it, to, to have it repeated that that, that world rugby you, they've got to have an option as to who they fund to give the most funding to. Yeah. Last time it was Samoa, this time it was it was Fiji. Well, the last World Cup made something like £110 million profit, which is meant to go into the development of the game. It is absolutely horrendous with all that money that you've got to choose which one you add more funds to. It's absolutely disgraceful. They should all get the same, and it should all be realistic, and they should stop shoving a lot of it down the fronts of the of the of the major unions who mm. have got massive potential for income. And do you know what? The saddest thing is that I don't think that there are many... Some of these teams, they could now be operating at a real high class, and yet some of them are no better than they were in 1987. It's a disgrace. Sit, sit on the fence then, Jonesy, as always. <laughs> um, ben, it's fair to say that some of the best Tongan, Samoan and Fijian rugby players will probably be playing for other nations in the World Cup. But if, we, if you were to pick out one or two that are playing for Fiji or Samoa or, or any of the other nations, yep. who, who would they be? Who can people so really look out for? I'd go directly to, to your old uh, stomping ground 
around the back row, really. If you look at Fiji's back row, Bill Mata, Pafeli Yato, and Semi Kunatani, as well as Dominica as a captain at six or eight, that they're world class. Yeah. You know, they'd, they'd be in anyone's squad, I think, bar none. Um, they are world class operators. So th- those three are going to cause mayhem. And obviously, just in the second row, you've got the human lamppost, Leone Nakarawa, um, who's also a game breaker, you know, and he, he can chuck the odd offload that perhaps uh, is the one percenter, but, you know, he, 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 the rest of the team know the way he's going to play. So that's great. And in the back line, you've got Semi Randrandra, yeah. the only player I think that's played consecutive international sevens and fifteens. Um, in consecutive weekends, he'll be playing at thirteen with Tua Sova on the wing. You have got Nicky Gonover as well. There's some serious talent there, yeah. isn't there? I yeah, mean, yeah, just yeah. really reel those names off. Just I mean, that need, is, a, that yeah. is an incredible uh, array of talent. It's we, a question of if they can just get them all, yeah, we c- in the right direction. We, we could do with Nicky Little and Moses Moses Raluni back at halfback, and mm. some, you know, because that's that's what's missing. Ben Volavola isn't a world-class ten, and uh, Lomani um, is a good nine, young kid, and that, and you know, he's those those two under pressure. That's going to be hard for them to try to just keep it all together to to allow the rest of them to operate. Michael, if we talk Australia for a second, yes. I mean, a couple of years ago, Australian rugby was in a bit of a mess, wasn't it? I mean, you know, financially mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, checks just wasn't getting the results on the field. You know, fast forward to this year. And, you know, whilst results haven't been outstanding, there's a lot more reasons to be positive. And it just feels like Australia are, are coming to the ball at the right time. Australian rugby off the field is, is not healthy, really, I don't think. There's a lot of issues there, but let's just focus on, on the field. And you're right in your assessment. They haven't, since the last World Cup, Australia haven't really performed all that well. But the last six months has been OK uh, without being outstanding. I think the major point is that uh, against New Zealand in Perth. That was an outstanding performance and came from nowhere, really. Mm. But what it does do is it gives all of us, but most importantly the team, a little bit of belief that, hey, we can do this. If we, you know, what did they do that week that was different? How did they prepare? What did they do during the game that was different? It gives them belief that they can play that sort of game against New Zealand and win, win uh, pretty well. It's a matter of then being able to repeat that and do it week in, week out, because at the World Cup, we come up against Fiji first and then Wales in the first two weeks and the, and the first sort of two games. And that's that will dictate where yeah. we go. And if we can... Whoever wins this pool um, has a much easier road to the final yeah, than coming second. Second, you end up playing England in the quarters and then possibly New Zealand or South Africa. Mm. So can Australia go that direction and win the World Cup? I don't think so. I don't yeah. think they can do three in a row. The other way... It's much, uh, a much lighter sort of workload. And I think if Australia can get through that pool on top and then can they win three in a row? Three one-off games in Australia are pretty good at that. I mean, no-one's no talking up Australia's chances of winning it, but they are two-times champions. And there was enough in that All Blacks performance uh, to suggest that uh, they're the sort of side that no-one's really going to want to play come quarter-final time because they have got that one big performance in them to, to upset the odds. Yeah, we were t- talking last week about um, about teams with sort of one-off potential. I think the Wallabies are certainly that. 
Uh, if you compare where they are now to four years ago, I, I just don't think they've sort of got quite the potential to, to mount a, a long campaign. I mean, but there again, this time four years ago when they came and we didn't, we weren't really backing them either. And that's kind of the ashes is long gone now, so we could, we can forget about that. But um, you know, oh, that's wait on, wait on, that's wait on. It, that, <laughs> it is in ashes. It's you know, it's I know it's the 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 competitive psychology of, of that lot that um, that is extraordinary. I just would say, you know, I, I think it's a shame that Will Skelton's not there, mm. who I think could have been massive. Um, yeah, he it, is massive, by it, the way. It's a, it's a shame for a different reason that the Israel Folau's not there. You know, those are two extraordinary players um, who, and, and you need players like that if you're going to uh, mount a proper campaign. Mm. I'm not saying that it was wrong to ban Folau. That's another argument altogether. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying it's a hell of a shame that we can't get the best players there. Yeah, no, we listen, we want the best players on, on the biggest stage of all. Um, my specialist, or one of my specialist subjects, refereeing, I know is something that <laughs> you're very passionate about, Ben, as well. Uh, we've got some wonderful referees. It's my, my eternal hope that if England don't make the final, that Wayne Barnes gets to referee the World Cup final because I think he is, mm. without doubt, one of the very best referees in the world, but all that will be revealed. We all watch a lot of rugby across the world and certainly, from what I've seen, you know, there's there's some interesting interpretations of the way the game is refereed at the ruck time. There's a lot of guys going off their feet at the moment in, in all sorts, in the Six Nations, in the Rugby Championship. Do we, do we see them as having the hardest job of all? Well, I think I think two things really. One is that all the all, yeah all my angst around the breakdown, none of that's going to change this World Cup. It's going to continue. It might even get worse, and then they'll deal with it post World Cup. And they've pretty much said that to all the coaches. Um, the second thing, I guess, is that there's going to be some key cards in this tournament because of the zero tolerance around certain areas of the game. in the early games, I, I would yeah. imagine, because referees are keen themselves to get into the World Cup and they've been told by Alan Roland, of all people, to... Uh, to, to tell, you know to get the cards out and, and and lay their marker down and I think in this you know as a player in those early games I'd be I'd be very mindful of uh, of falling foul of the referee yeah. yeah yeah you summed it up really and and that that's gonna that's gonna make a difference some teams are you know their plan A's will disintegrate very rapidly as um, as that zero tolerance has to be applied well, the, the refereeing is one point Michael but n- not a lot of the teams would have had huge amounts of experience of playing in Japan. Uh, I don't know if you have over the years, but certainly it's probably going to be a slightly different environment. This is the first World Cup yeah. in Asia. Um, yeah. the, the weather is already going to be a factor. Does that mean that we might see a different style of rugby being adopted? I mean, the last Rugby World Cup final was tries galore. Is there a sense there may be a bit more kicking in this World Cup? Or will it be attack that will dominate? Will it be defence that will dominate? I'd love to get your views, everyone's views on that. Just for me, just that of a weird one really is that the weather will have a significant impact on things. You know, I'm doing some work with UK Sport on humidity for the Tokyo Olympics, and it's a big issue for them. It's their number one worry around, you know, hand, you know, all this various stuff that that's going to mean that the ball's going to be slipperier than they think. Well, at least think. there's something to blame now for dropping <laughs> the ball. <laughs> yeah, all of that will come into it. And then we've got this weird one that you know. If a typhoon suddenly hits, which it might, yep. you know, group games that get called off will be zero zero. That will be the outcome. That, that, yeah, I mean, it's bizarre, but it could happen. Yeah, I just on the refereeing thing, Lawrence. I think you're right. I think this World Cup will be dictated largely by some some refereeing decisions, um, some big moments that will rest sort of on which way the referee 
calls yep. or the TMO. As it did the last World Cup. Correct. Bit, Scotland were on the end of a, a yeah. tough call. You know. I was watching England and Italy and I had to be restrained by my family. I was getting so frustrated with the offside law. And it's every game. It's not just that game. Every game, most teams appear to be offside at every breakdown. I know Ben's pretty hot on them, you know, coming in the sides and killing rucks and off their feet and all that sort of thing. It's really frustrating for somebody watching the game because... Now you're getting attacks stifled because people are up so quickly. But if you look at their starting points, they're they're offside every time, just about every time. Jonesy, what can we expect from the officials in your mind? I mean, well, what do you hope? What do you hope to expect from what, the officials? What, for exactly what Alan Rolland has briefed them. Alan Rolland has been to every camp and he's told them that the, the laws that they've all forgotten, <laughs> such as offside in front of the kicker, oh, when yeah, are the God, when are the two centres last on off, onside following a box yeah. kick? Box kick. Yep. Rampant pandemic offside at the rear feet, as mm. Ben has been campaigning for, diving in on your, on your own, uh, often off the ball to do someone serious harm, even line-outs um, re- preposterously crooked, Alan Rolland has told him to referee to the law book. No, it's up to him to keep them keep them there, and then we might have a game. The offside yeah. is ridiculous. Oh, it's, yeah. and it's box, absolutely ridiculous. And from a kickoff, even just from a kickoff, you know, oh, they, they, just, they let they, it go. They just yeah. go in front. And not and perhaps the most ridiculous thing of all, the mall has died because they've invented this thing where you can come round as long as you don't change your mind. Well, that's mm. not in the law book anyway. It's ridiculous. So the law's died as well. <laughs> I, can, I can't really comment on the offside law because I spent most of my career offside yeah, I mean, myself. Yeah. But No, you've just had the wrong jersey on. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of Michael being restrained by his family. I mean, well, what was actually required here? That's the Italian. I got it out seen. of Twitter. I got on Twitter and my wife goes, don't you dare. Don't you dare. The one before we get on to Japan and the enormity of this World Cup for for world rugby and rugby in general, um, I want to talk about one area that does worry me is concussion. This is a seven week tournament, and we've seen the concussion protocols. Are we with a thirty one man squad? Are we in danger? I mean, there's a lot of play. if you get a big bang on the head, you could miss large parts of that tournament. And I'm just mm-hmm. concerned around the fact that we have we actually got that right in terms of. You know, uh, could concussion play a big part in this tournament? I mean, I'm just I'm worried about the fact that if you're a player who gets a bang on the head early on in the tournament, you know, you could find yourself, you know, not playing again until the knockout stages. But if your team is still in the competition, but at that at that point, your coach has to decide whether to keep you and weaken the squad while you go through the one week, two weeks, or or whatever or three week protocol. Yeah. yeah. So say you you get a concussion in the quarter final and you're key to your team, does the coach then say, we'll gamble on you yeah. being right for the final if we get there? Or are you out of the tournament and someone else comes in? I mean, I think, that, I, I, think, think point, I think you should be allowed to bring yeah. in a, a concussion replacement, w- whatever, and not reduce yeah. the size of your squad. Oh, man, but a bit like what happened not. with Steve yeah. Smith. And uh, when he yeah. got hit, they were allowed to have a concussion I think the point replacement. The, the, it, was, it was a sensible thing. Yeah, but it, disgracefully, not James Anderson yeah. being allowed to replace him the, the first well, his test. That, was not let's in the get foot. on to that, Michael. But the, point, the point I was trying to make was... <laughs> well, he's, he was a foot I, injury. I, I don't think <laughs> World different. Rugby have necessarily sort of taken into account the effect that concussion has on selection, etc. Mm. I think 31 is not enough players to take yeah. to a World Cup because you've got to suddenly bring people in from the outside. Quite possibly, but then you, you know, there's a big cost. And some yeah. countries, as we've already heard, don't have the funds to do that. But that's where maybe world rugby could help that. Also, just on the concussion thing, I would say that the medical staff, both within team and on the sidelines, really need to be strong on this issue. If coaches are sort of saying, well, we need player X to be ready for the final and medical staff get put under pressure like they have been in the past, yeah, absolutely. Um, they have to be strong and make sure that the correct decision is made for the benefit of the player. 
Great stuff. I wanted to talk about Japan because it's their World Cup. It's their chance. Jonesy, uh, how important is this tournament for world rugby in, in that sense? Because it's the first rugby World Cup outside of the sort of traditional strongholds, if you like, and it, it's going to be huge, right? It, it's going to be colossal. I think, first of all, all the reports are there'll be loads of fun and there'll be good good crowds there. If I could work uh, Google Maps, I would be even more um, <laughs> even more happy, but I can't. I may never be seen we're, again. We're but, working on that, Jonesy. But, but we're working uh, on that. Look at what's at stake. <laughs> first of all, this has got to be the last World Cup where they have Tier 1 and Tier 2 nations. They should have everyone on the same tier, at least those where, who play professionally or who have professional players, and they should even up the funding because at the moment it's, it's chalk and cheese and it's just horrible and it's anti-rugby. Secondly, at a time when uh, CVC are investing multi-millions in various competitions, rugby's got to sort that out. Mm. It's got to sort out the grip of the major unions so that they have a majority and they can veto everything. The way it's going at the moment, Scotland and Ireland can veto any step forward that world rugby bring in. And to have those two in charge of world rugby, that's when you know you're in a desperate state. So there's a lot to happen and, and world rugby have got to improve in so many areas. Ben, Japan on the field, given, their, given the seismic upset that they caused in the last Rugby World Cup, the fact that they're hosting this particular tournament, what, what do we think constitutes success for them? They're in a tasty pool, Ireland, Scotland, Russia and Samoa. You know, some really tough games there. Mm. But, uh, you know, what, what do you think would be success for them based on the last performance? I think it will get to the quarterfinals. I think it would be knocking over Ireland or Scotland. You know, we saw in the warm-up games the first half against Fiji where they, they blitzed them, played some sublime rugby, um, got suffocated, particularly at set-piece against South Africa last last week, and South Africa looked the business. That's a world-class team that are going to be there, thereabouts, for, for winning. And I think Scotland and Ireland need to be very wary Japan have an extra day recovery over Ireland in that second game. If they've got all their players on form, James Joseph knows what he, you know, he's again, he's targeted those games. There's an upset on the cards there. Jed, so I'm going to finish by asking the same questions as we all answered in week one of the podcast, uh, which were, Michael, who, who do you think will, will, will the winners be of the of the Rugby World oh, Cup? Gosh, winners, um... winners and runners-up. Uh, and I'll ask the same question of Ben. There was a sort of a mixed view of South Africa and South Africa, I think, was the winners. Some people thought England might be runners-up. If I could put you on the spot and yeah. say, who do you think will win and who do you think will be the runners-up? I think the final... I don't know whether it possibly can happen, but I think the final, the two best teams going into this, I believe, well, there's three, South Africa, England and New Zealand. And I think... It's a final, that one, isn't it? I think it might be England's turn. Wow, you heard it here. Ben? <laughs> I still think it's going to be the All Blacks, and I think, again, they're just going to confuse and annoy everyone but France to the final. And Ben, we, we asked... Ooh, ooh, that's a big one. That's why we chucked Barnsley out, because he came up with stuff like that. <laughs> Hang on a sec. Is it, is it not the case that you work for France, Ben? I mean... <laughs> there might be a little... <laughs> it's, it's in negotiations. I, yeah. I just... I love the fact they're taking their current coach and their new coach yeah. together. I just think it's, it's, it just could go one or two ways. That's not giving you an insight into your employer. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, is there a team, if there's a team, that will surprise everyone and anyone at this Rugby World Cup... Ooh. Yeah, who is that team? Ben, I'm assuming you might say Fiji. Yeah, absolutely. Fiji and Japan, they're the two that have got mm. the biggest chance of breaking into that top eight. Michael, you, you can agree or disagree? Yeah, or... no, I'm, I'm worried about that first game. Fiji mm. um, look dangerous and I, I, I've heard on good authority and Ben's just confirmed it, that they are targeting that Australian game. That worries me. 
And Michael, while you think about it, Ben, one forward and one back that we'll be talking about at the end of the Rugby World Cup. I'm looking forward in, in backs. I love Corabetti. I think he's a terrific player. And that matchup against Tuisova first game would be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll go with another Islander, uh, Buffelli Yato in the back row. He's, mm. he's just a f- machine. He's ridiculous. Um, can play he's, six, seven, or eight. If he stays out the bars of Japan, we'll be, we'll be okay, <laughs> definitely. On me, uh, um, oh gosh, um, I'm looking forward to, let's say, um, Sevo Reese from um, yes. New Zealand. I've mm-hmm. uh, been watching him in the Super Rugby. He's been outstanding. And, I, you know, you look at New Zealand, they're always going to play some good stuff. And he's on the end of that a lot of times. So mm-hmm. I, I think he might be uh, New Zealand's answer to like a Milner Scudder from the last World Cup. And as far as a forward's concerned, having spoken about England um, and thinking that they're going to go a long way in the tournament. And I know, Lawrence, you mentioned this Billy Vunapola is somebody that's so important to that team, but yep. he Great. looks in really, really good condition. Although I did read somewhere on the weekend, I don't know whether it was you, Jonesy, but um, that he plays a lot better with his brother, and mm. Mako won't be there for a little while of the tournament. So uh, maybe Billy might just have to stand up on his own for a little <laughs> while while his brother makes a recovery. Excellent. And final question to you both. If you had one Rugby World Cup wish for Japan 2019, what might that Rugby World Cup wish be? I mean, Ben, it might be officiating for you. It might be, I don't know, it might be that Fiji, you know, realised the dream of, you know, achieving what you did and and ruling the world with Fiji or... Yeah, I mean, I guess that the fairy tale would be that that Fiji managed to get themselves into the court, well, get themselves beyond the quarterfinals. That would be amazing if we can do that. Um, It's going to require a a math massive effort but yet you know we talk about these tier two countries breaking into the top tier and it hasn't really happened yet we've had a few Samoan quarterfinals but nothing significant Fiji you know they, they've got an opportunity this World Cup and Michael for you I guess it's that the All Blacks don't win it for the third time <laughs> yeah, well I think that's for a lot of us isn't it? Um, give the rest of us a bit of a chance but no for me it's more off the field I think it's having the tournament in Japan and the success around that. The last tournament here in England was terrific. It just seems every year, every four years, the World Cup sort of takes it to a new level. So I hope having it in in Japan will open up a whole new sort of uh, world for rugby and that off the back of that, that the funds that come out of that are used correctly to grow the game, particularly in what we call the Tier 2 nations, mm. and everything sort of starts to grow off the back of that. So I think it's more the success of the World Cup, the fun that the fans will have from all over the world, mm. and that the, the on-field stuff is... It, it doesn't come down to that referee decision mm. that makes the difference in the end between winning and losing. I, I just hope that off the field we really grow the game like we should be. Gentlemen, thanks for your time. Let the games begin. My thanks to Owen, Stewart, Ben, Michael and, of course, Stephen Jones. The best of luck in Japan, gentlemen. The Ruck returns later this week as everyone gets ready for the start of the 2019 Rugby World Cup. Make sure you never miss an episode of The Ruck. Subscribe now on Acast, iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.